Book, Truth to Power, Part 2, as recorded by Green-Eyed Music Lover of Focus Fire Chat. Injection X Eris Morn's body twitches and folds. The sweat on her brow swarms back into her pores and burrows in like listening larvae. Suddenly... There is a sound like a single bone struck upon a metal plate, and in the dark interval between two firework detonations, the body loses all structure, falls loosely upon itself like a rag drifting in water, tumbles, then snaps, suddenly flat and taut, into a pane of leather and skin. Through that pane comes a long black needle and the skin around it dimples into the erratic spun cancer topology of some gruesome four-dimensional waveform which no monist process could ever produce. Out of that needle, as if dispatched into the world through fatal injection, comes the emaciated magnificence of Duel Incaru. I must yield truth to you. The Hive Wizard sings in a voice that would make the terms of an equation flee from each other and hide in the arrays of distant sets so that arithmetic itself would collapse. It is in the architecture of these spaces to reward the victor. There is no Koryak here. There are no facts, nor any conspiracy to untake which was taken by my uncle, and which now serves my queen. All of those lies were part of my throne world, which you have sought. Is my cyclical death not the very engine which brings you here again and again in hope for answers? Thus, I do own the portion of your mind which you devote to truth's pursuit. Would you ask about my mother? The crested head twitches with alien emotion. The fungal shoulders roll beneath their armored plate. Is she the one you seek? Which Queen Zavathun? Arkanthrope. Queen of Encrypts, the Black Needle, deepest in the High Coven, emancipator of worms, the missing piece of all puzzles, who shall see the cosmos unborn into an infinitely dwindled egg? Shall I tell thee of the destiny she has realized for you? Of the right and singular fate which Medusa foresaw, and to which all your principles and purposes will bring you. Shall I betray the truth which you have earned of my purpose in this endless city, and of the new way to which her hive will turn? So be it. You will know, 
it shall do you. Verse 154i 3. Her new compact. Now, in ancient days, her brother, Oryx, spoke according to the plan Zavathun had devised for him. Saith Oryx, The worm within demands tribute. Now you shall kill what you can and take what killing you need to grow, or for your own purposes if you dare, and tie the rest to that which rules you. Thus tribute will ascend the chain, and the excess shall pool at the height, as unlike a river to an ocean. But Zavathun, desiring neither a chain nor a pool, set about devising a secret way to feed the worms of her broods. Thus she would escape the trap. In her modest cunning, which she prefers not to be overstated, so as to preserve her from the scorn of gossips, she gathered several of her ascendants, who were in danger of being consumed by their worms. Then she pushed them through a rupture into close orbit with a black hole. Deep in gravity's embrace, time passed slowly for them. See how their worms are satisfied, Savathun said. Their hunger grows sluggishly, but their servants continue to dispatch tribute at the ordinary rate. But the worms sense the deception and increase their demands. Thus, the orbiting sacrifices were consumed, and their remnants fell into the event horizon from which not even the hive might return. Now Zabathun came into possession of the Vex Curia, whose creation she had secretly engineered, but she feared that Curia would still spy on her for inquisitive orcs. So she led her portion of the hive into a black hole, saying, Siblings, listen. We must part ways a while, so that we may grow different. Now we stake everything upon cunning, she said whose lies may alter truth. Slaughter each other so that I may reap tribute and devise for you a new compact which shall judge thy claim to existence. This pleased Ur, the Everhunger, whose epithet betrayed an interest in time and appetite. Ur admired her cunning as she used tribute to teach Curia to use hive magic as a computational oracle to solve unsolvable problems. One of these problems was the navigation and engineering of the Singularity. Then Zavathun went out from her throne world unto the Singularity, which she looked upon and understood. Upon this place I shall assemble my design. Ayat. Thank you. Verse 154i, 4. Call the Thrall. From a random crypt, Zavathun selected a young thrall and summoned it into the High Coven. It came hesitantly, fearing death, but nonetheless it came. Come, come, snapped Zavathun, 
Listen, as I reveal unto you my design. You are aware that gravity is the curvature of space-time, and where gravity is powerful, time itself slows. The thrall indicated that it understood, more or less, for it was the singer of prayers, and not well fed with the fruit of the knowledge of physics. Now I have tried to put an ascendant in orbit of a black hole while its spawn gather the tribute of an eon, but the worm is not satisfied, for it sees the trick. What must I do is amplify the speed at which tribute is gathered. A pocket world where time passes quickly would do well. Or a world where time is a torus, and infinite violence might be gathered. With such a murder battery, I could become a being of supreme insight. The thrall indicated it was confused, but not lost. With this tribute, I shall undertake a mighty work, a real humdinger of a scheme. I'm going to refinance my entire existence. I'm going to move from an existential economy based on the accumulation of violence to an existential economy based on the accumulation of secrets and the tribute of failing to understand me. I shall name this tribute of failing to understand Imbaru, for it shall be as formless as the mist. The thrall held up its claws as if to say, please slow down. Now spoke Zabathun, scheme mother. In the beginning, Yul said to me, Zavathun, you may never abandon cunning. If you do, your worm shall devour you. Cunning is the use of thought to predict the function of a system. Therefore, wherever a being should attempt to understand me and fail, has my cunning not defeated theirs? Wherever a falsehood is repeated about me, have I not displayed cunning? I shall gather tribute from every false prediction, misguided theory, fearful rumor, and ominous supposition which derives the thought from me. And in time, I shall pin my quiddity upon these rumors. I shall discorporate so that I exist wherever my schemes and conspiracies also exist. And so I will be immortal as long as anyone seeks to understand me and fails. Do you see? The thrall demurred, saying it did not know much of metaphysics. Good, said Savathun. It's a law of the Hive Coven that one sinister plan should be incomprehensible to a thrall. Do you know why we've come here? If I am to take my tribute from the keeping of secrets, where else are secrets better kept than beneath the event horizon? My brother ruled the flat space of infinity, but I prefer these tide-washed depths, and in time, I shall make them my dominion. Ur the Everhunger heard this and was pleased. Verse 154i, 5. The Encrypted Verse Do you know that nothing in all the cosmos has read this verse? 
I encrypted it eons ago, and ever since it has gone undeciphered. At the moment you laid eyes upon it, I captured the entwined quantum state of the verse, your mind, and your ghost. Then I used Curia to transmat that state back in time to the moment of encryption. You are your own one-time pad, the key to the lock of understanding. Who am I? Call me Coyote. Call me Mantis. Serpent. Kagan. Anasi. Call me Shri cleans his brother's stomach. Call me the Grand Master of Semiosis. The jeweler's hammer which gilds the signal. A purposeful mob, none of whose members know its purpose. The infinite regress of enigmas. A questioning answer. The word not spoken. Black ice. Cataract of mimes. The ache and fever of overthought while bedridden with illness. The intolerable thorn of frustrated inquisition. Gray regret at the end of a fruitless day. The thing, which is unlike your beloved, but arbitrarily recalls your beloved to agonizing effect. Architrave of the no window. Needle driven in flush with skin so that desperate fingers cannot pull it out. Sweet petal. Unmemorial. Crystal death. The provably improbable. I know your people well. And so I know all your names for me. But what is your name? I am, of course, especially interested in you. You saw me in the stone laid on your plotting table, and in the shining eyes of the admiral at her dying helm. You hunted me between the lines of your text. Wherever there was space to fit me in, there you found me. You created me and gave me a part of your thoughts, and in presenting those thoughts to others round the campfires and networks of your little world, you expanded that space. Here, at the center, I lie to you the truth. You have everything you need to know it, but I will give you a clue. As the duelist gives warning before she draws, the answer you seek to the Dreaming City is simple, not complex. Thank you, sweet friend. You are a gift and a delight. You are more dear than my mother, for you have given birth to me a thousand times. You must... Dulinkaru serves you poison in a fine tea set of Ahamkara bone. Now you have received my mother's message, she says. But I admit it's all a fabrication. I have written it hoping to know my mother, to capture her true motives. To speculate upon her designs is the greatest worship. She sighs heavily, a sound like a scream up a pit, as she sets the teapot down. We, her children, are all left to speculate on the great questions. Does she love us? 
do we make her proud? Would she hesitate for even the tick of a blink moment before she sacrificed us in some cosmic design? Now drink, and as you die and are reborn, I will reveal to you the destiny she has realized for you. The right and singular fate to which all principles and purposes will bring you. To drink the poison, continue reading. A taste of bitter regret and psychosis sweat. A poison to end the thoughts of human, neo-human, or machine. You see the cosmos before you like a spider web of light. Filaments of galactic supercluster shine in the clouds of invisible dark matter, which glue their mass together. Dark energy yawns in the space between all things, ever-growing, ever-spreading. Life arises. Life spreads, contests itself and changes. Great things are built and destroyed, but from your vantage point, you see that the victor of each struggle contains, in its negative, in the marks left upon it by the loser and the shapes it assumed to win, the master record of all that it has beaten. Information may not be erased. Whatsoever survives until the end of the cosmos will possess and remember all which came before it. This is true, even at the devouring black hole which remembers all the secrets it eats. It will only confess these secrets when it evaporates ten duotrigantillion years from now, long after the last stars have flickered out. You are a guardian. You must protect life. And all life is information, and guardians strive to preserve life, and information is preserved when it is secret, then you must convert all life into the most secure form of secrets, durable to the end of time. You must cast all the life you cherish into a black hole. React. Choose. Act. You are standing in the courtyard of the tower. You are without armor or weapon and your senses seem more vivid than usual. Under your tongue is the taste of salt. To look down into the last city, go to N. To move deeper into the tower, go to O. N. The city is gone. In its place is a lens, a warp, the telltale blister of a black hole singularity sheathed in bent light. You get the eerie sense that it's looking back at you. Go to O. O. You find Banshee 44, Katie 5530, Master Rahul, Tess Everest, Benedict 9940, Soraya Hawthorne, Executor Hideo, Amanda Holiday, Arak Jalal, and Cade Six in their usual places. Cade seems subdued. You see unusual light coming from inside what was once the speaker's chamber. 
a throaty voice calls to you into the hangar to play soccer. To speak to Cade, go to C. To investigate the speaker's chamber, go to P. To play soccer, go to E. P. A Vex Hydra hovers in the place once occupied by the speaker's machine. As you approach, a jet of brine spurts from its chassis, and a Greek woman with snakes for hair tumbles down to the floor. She groans and clutches her head. Her hair writhes in distress. To attack the Vex, go to S. To go to Medusa's aid, go to Q. Q. We've got to get out of here, Medusa whispers. Dueling Karu and everything she's told you was an illusion. Korea's compromised my systems and now it's trying to recruit you for its own purposes. Get me to the edge of the simulation and I'll break us out. To carry Medusa to the edge of the tower, go to T. To demand an explanation from the Hydra, go to R. R. The Hydra speaks to you in your own voice. I have simulated Dulinkaru as well as I can. While Vex cannot normally account for the paracausal influence of light and darkness, I am no longer simply a Vex. And where no elegant analytical solution exists, we may apply massive computational power to generate a reasonable facsimile. This was the approach used against Saint-14. After observing Dulinkaru during many loops, this simulation reveals her purpose in the Dreaming City. She seeks the key to the distributary, the world the Dreaming City dreams of, where the Awoken were born and time passes at an accelerated rate. Once she conquers that world, she will use it as a base to gather thousands or millions of years of tribute in a very small span of our time. A being empowered by so much ontological authority would be capable of altering reality at a whim. You must prevent this, I will continue to loop the Dreaming City until you find a way to defeat her permanently. To leave, go to Q. To demand information on the role of black holes, go to U. S. You battle the Vex Hydra. As you gain the upper hand, it emits a blast of static, and you feel a horrified sense of deja vu. Go to N. T. Medusa weighs nothing. The serpents of her hair squirm against your neck. We have to jump, she whispers. Forget everything you've seen here. It's all meant to confuse and distract you. I'll send you another message in three weeks. To jump, go to Z. You. Black holes are the densest possible computers in the physical universe. They are also the most secure, since they cannot be made to retain their information until they evaporate in the deep cosmic future. The Hive operates small singularity computers, such as the world's grave, and the Vex sometimes pack enough energy and information into a small area of space-time to collapse it into a Kugelblitz black hole, like the one you can see outside. But a true stellar mass, or galactic mass black hole computer is inconceivably more powerful. If Zavathun plans to predict her existence on the concealment of her secrets, as Oryx predicted his upon the sword logic, 
It would be logical for her to safeguard her deepest secrets and her throne world in a supermassive black hole computer. To defeat her would require a journey below the event horizon and the exposure of her most jealously guarded truths. Go to R. Z. You leap from the tower and escape Curia's simulation. Asudum. Zero. You must be terribly confused. I'm sorry I couldn't be more help. After I crashed, I rebooted on a safe physical backup in the Dreaming City. It took me too long to penetrate Corio's simulation and get you free, and for that, I ask your forgiveness. One. I understand what's happening here. Oryx took the Ahamkara Riven who then fell into Zavathun's claws. She devised a scheme to use Riven as bait by inviting guardians into the Dreaming City, then focusing the will of a group of powerful guardians upon Riven, she tricked you into making a wish. A desire to alter objective reality to conform with our subjective need to save the city. Riven fed on that wish in order to breach the Dreaming City's defenses and invite Dulankaru inside. Dulankaru and her Taken are simply scouring the city for Awoken secrets. You don't need to fret about any greater agenda. Remember that you face an agent of Zavathun. It's to her advantage to make you see schemes and conspiracies everywhere you look. 2. The three-week loop must be a failsafe measure to keep Dulankaru safe as she pursues her mission. In a sense, this entire city has been rendered deterministic. Only paracausal guardians have any free will here. The Awoken here have been touched by greater powers, so they are aware of their preordination, but they cannot alter it. I'm certain that Kuria is behind this loop. As a taken vex, it's capable of pathological subversions of reality. I'll continue to work on a countermeasure. I've been correlating information on the Ahamkara and the Hiveworm Parasites. Both display a peculiar ability to convert the host intent into an ontomorphic, reality-altering effect. Both use similar language in their appeal to the host. I don't think they're the same species, however. The Hiveworms spawn large numbers of young from relatively few adults, always display the same physical form, and live in communal groups. The Ahamkara are solitary, elusive, and seem to alter form to suit or confuse expectations. The shared syntax, oh, blank mine, may be the key. It seems to be a shibboleth used to invoke an ontomorphic effect, placing the target in a cage of oh, Activational, specific, appealing and naming, and mine, defining, ownership and subordination. 
Ahamkara and worm may have evolved separately to exploit this effect, just as many species independently evolve eyes. This might place them in competition for the same ecological niche. I would expect a rivalry or antipathy between them. 4. Don't be led astray by Kyria's misinformation. You must continue to hold the Dreaming City as long as you can. The things I said to you about the black holes and the purpose of the Guardians were forced on me by Kuria. 5. I'll be here when you need me next. I promise. Transmission ends. It's just me. I've had three weeks to consider the way I've treated you. I feel I must make a full confession. When I left the tower in search of Savathun's agents, I had accepted my fate as a knight on Marasov's cosmic chessboard, doomed to seek the final end of the hive among cold stars. I said farewell only to those who couldn't hear me, because I was afraid that just one voice asking me to stay might break my resolve. It was pitiful weakness that made me write to you. It was a wretched desire to be remembered as a person, not a ghoul, that made me tell you about the child Orissa, St. Petersburg, and the cold waters of the Neva. Those things were all true. The rest? I'm so ashamed. Mid-sentence. Mid-thought, the fear seized me I was being a stupid child. That I was wasting your time with idiot sentiment. That you would feel contempt for me at this outpouring of emotion, or... Worse, feel nothing at all. I hid in the dark for years, Guardian. It's not loneliness or death that frightens me. It's the opposite. So I invented Medusa as a way to pretend I'd never spoken to you. And when I thought the Medusa lie was slipping, I invented all the rest of it as a way to tell you what I'd learned without admitting it was really me. How can I prove to you that I'm really Eris Morn? Not Medusa. Not Riven. Not Kuria. Not Dulinkaru. Not the Witch Queen herself. I don't know. Will you believe me? Will you scour these pages for proof or disproof? Will you upload these files to your networks? Share them. Call in warlocks and cryptarchs to catalog and dissect everything I've said. Will this manuscript become the foundation of another teetering edifice of theory? and anticipation. What a fool I've made of myself, all because I faltered in my conviction, tried to reach back to someone I know is lost to me, and panicked at the thought of touch. But so it is, and nothing I can do now make it otherwise. I am a woman full of secrets. A woman 
who has lost everyone she had ever called a friend. And when the need to share those secrets collided with the fear of friendship, I stumbled idiotically into needless lies. Do you know what the hives say when they want to express the inevitability of a thing? When they want to say, it is this way because it could be no other way. Ayat!